The market is booming. The bubble is bursting. The truth is there is never a balanced or normal market. So how do you work out what to pay when conditions keep changing? Welcome to Indexation. Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're talking about indexation. What on earth is that? Well, it's about how you adjust your price research according to market conditions. But before we get into that, what is your special house this week, Megan? It looks a bit like it crashed to earth, this one. It does a little bit. Or like a cargo ship has just dumped a whole lot in the middle of the Sahara. (laughs) But it's not. This is a concept of a cargo ship container house. Um, the architect has obviously had an awful lot of fun putting this together. It's like Jenga gone nuts. Uh, but for those who can't see it, it's, it's a whole lot of cargo ship containers that are almost sort of uh, in an array with different angles. Strewn. They're strewn. <laughs> Tumble. It's, yeah. It's in California, like- of course. So you see those shipping shipping container houses, it's just one shipping container or maybe a couple of them stuck together. But this one is like they've literally been chucked in a pile. So there's a few different angles and yeah. Like, do you I don't pick know. up sticks? You know, they drop the sticks yes. and they oil splay out. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like that. Except um it's like an asterisk. It's like a big white asterisk. It looks asterisk. like a crown when I sit in the middle of it, doesn't it? It does. It's You've got a halo. halo. You've got a halo. white shipping container halo. But I have to say the setting looks awful. It just looks like I a very can't imagine living there. inhospitable <laughs> desert. Ugh. Right. Okay. So if you're going to try and work out how much to pay for that property, it will be impossible. Oh, because there's not many comparables that you can no actually draw conclusions from. You have to compare it to that eyeball <laughs> house unique. that's in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so working out what to pay for a property is, well... A lot easier for most of us when we're looking at a property, there will be other properties that have sold that might be somewhat similar to it in the area. But certainly when the market's moving or falling, you've got to be able to work out how to work out whether, well, there's a method. Yeah. Yeah. But also people, if you're in an auction area or if there's agents are quoting a a price range Mm -hmm. as opposed to an asking price, 
right? Or even if they are quoting an asking price, you know, buyers think, oh, I'll just knock 10% off it or add 10% to it. And it doesn't really work like that, does it? It certainly doesn't. And throwing a dart at a dartboard that's got a few prices on it, that's not going to work either. (laughs) Or just paying your maximum because you're sort of sick of Mickey. You've had enough. That's yeah. not going to work either. <laughs> and it doesn't come working out how to pay, what to pay for a price, <laughs> what to pay for a property is not going to be revealed through an automated property report or an oh. auto valve. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Oh my God. And if you have not heard us bang on about how bad these things are, <laughs> then just give us a quick 30 seconds, not even. They are 90%, more than 90% wrong, way <laughs> wrong. Not just wrong, a little bit wrong extraordinarily wrong. So just don't, I know your broker will probably give you them. Just don't even look at them. Just don't. The broker's trying to help, but he's outside his lane. She's outside a lane. They're not giving you help if they are giving you an automated property report. If you haven't done the free course, it's free, go and do it. The free course actually outlines how bad they can be. But working out what to pay for a process, it's actually a methodical process. If you haven't done the free course, go do it. You're nuts if you haven't. It's free. Do it as soon as you finish listening to this. But Veronica, I guess people might be wondering why we are suggesting that you need to put so much effort into pricing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is. You do have to put effort into pricing because like, this is your money <laughs> for the starters. And you, the two things can go wrong here. You can either overpay or you can be and that's constantly- a hard thing to live with. It's a very hard thing to live. Or you might never know, but you've overpaid and you're going to spend however long paying it back. But conversely, you can also be underpaying all the time and therefore always missing out. Yeah. And particularly to mar- in a rising market, some, some buyers are always undervaluing properties because yeah. they haven't worked out the process to properly understand how to work out what to pay. So, therefore, it can cost you in both a hot market and a slow market, and it can cost you by paying too much, and it can cost you by constantly missing out. So, that's really the the main reason why you need to get confident around what to pay so that you can then make your offers or go to auction with the right limit. Yeah. But following just a market pricing process, it just isn't enough on its own if the market is changing rapidly. So it might be okay where things are fairly settled and normalised. That doesn't last very long, believe me. We, we no. still look at it in our business. We go, well, it feels like there's a good supply and there's a good amount of buyers and prices are about right. This ain't <laughs> going to last very long. <laughs> I reckon the longest. It's like the, it's like the perfect you know, place where we go, oh, well, okay, it's the that, eye that's of gone the storm. now. <laughs> it's just the eye of the storm, <laughs> that is. That's it. all it is. And I, I reckon it lasts maximum three months. Oh, if that. If that. If yeah. that. You know, and sometimes you're looking at the revision and going, oh, yeah, that was that started then. We could see that there was a bit of a change and now we're needing to index again. So welcome to indexation. This is the extra layer of research that many people don't do because it takes a lot of time and effort, but it is so worth it. If you want a refresher, go back and listen to episode 27. Go on. We'll be here when you get back. You can rejoin us later. Off your trot. (laughs) (laughs) So that's your refresher on how to price a property. But how does indexation work? Veronica, you've got a starting point that you use in your business. Yeah. And there's two aspects to this, right? Because one of the things we were always talking about, that when the headlines are screaming, property prices are rising by X or they're falling by X, not every property in that city 
will rise or fall by the same amount. And that's important to understand, right? Not every property in a suburb will rise and fall by the same amount. I've seen properties increase in value in a falling market. And likewise, I've seen people lose money in a rising market because of the type of property they bought, right? And this is why we bang on about A-grade property. It's so important. So because that's the case, you do need to be able to understand how to do this on a granular level, but you need a starting point. And the starting point we use in our business is a macro level. So we would look at when we do our pricing research, which if you go and do the free course, it's the same type of uh, process that we go through in a business. We're a little bit more in depth because we're professionals. We've simplified access access to subscription-based services that gives us more data. Absolutely. You guys, um, we're not expecting you to go to the same detail, but the process is the same. So we've simplified it for you in the free course, right? So- When we go through and we look at what recent sales have occurred that are somewhat comparable to the property that we are uh, pricing, and we've got to look at some of them aren't going to be as good and some of them are going to be better. And if we're really lucky, something sold last within the last month that is exactly the same, but it's honestly, that would happen very, very rarely. Unless you're actually looking at a property in a subdivision where everything's cookie cutter or it's an apartment in a complex where everything is the same. And yes, A-grade there. Neither of those are fantastic scenarios. So <laughs> so our starting point in our business is to say, okay, what has the Sydney property market been doing? So if Sydney as a whole has gone up 6% since that property sold, so if you say we're looking at a property, maybe it sold you know, six months earlier or three months earlier or four months earlier or whatever, um, and the market's been rising, then we need to think how much has Sydney as a whole gone up? So that's the starting point. And we use the same metric for every property. So then we've got this sort of commonality as a, as a, a base, right? Likewise, if the market's falling, we apply the same index, right? So whatever that is. And, we, and look, we've put a link in the show notes to give you just there's an article there about the core logic data that that you know we subscribe to that gives us those indexes. And so we can use that and say, right, and that's freely available. That's it is freely available. You subscribe to it, but it's freely available. Yeah. So you can, you can track those things too by getting in there and understanding what's happening. And as I said, that's on a macro level. Now, obviously, as I said earlier, not every suburb goes up and down at the same rate. Not every property within every suburb goes up and down at the same rate. So then we've got to look at that and say, right, as a blanket, let's that's our indexation we look at. So from an academic point of view, if you like, or data-driven point of view, then that might be worth X now versus what it sold for then. And so it just helps giving us a, a level of relativity. But then we got to say, but actually, that was a cracker property. And we think it would have gone up even more than that. Or actually, that one was a highly competitive auction. And, it, and, and the next door neighbor pushed the price up a hell of a lot more than a normal buyer would have paid. And so we knew there were mitigating circumstances with that particular property. So we might discount that. So we're then applying our local knowledge and our granular experience to say, does that make sense or not? So there are sort of two layers to indexation and, and the way that we use it in our business. And so, and then we might say, okay, well, now we can sort of see, because it's all about relativity. And so the property we're looking at, we can sort of see where it slots in, in this sort of ladder of of recent sales mm. and then we can make a decision do we you know do we recommend our client push themselves hard on this property or not within this sort of band of tolerance if you like and, and that's where those recent sales and the indexing comes in handy 
So that's sort of, that's in a, I guess, a global view of how we do it. How do you do it in your business, Megan? Um, so we, we look at, when we see changes, we're always tracking individual sales. So we have a, a proprietary tool called a property log where we can analyze, assess, comment on and record sale prices for, for properties. So if we're looking at a particular area, let's say, um, you know, we're looking at a house in Barden and we've got all of the, the sales in Barden for, for the preceding months. We're assessing, when we're assessing a specific property, we draw on our comments and our recent sales information from comparable properties, pros and cons, look at the how it, it compares to the, the property we're looking at buying and arrive at a price ceiling and a price floor. So something that's slightly superior and something slightly inferior. We then overlay an analysis of, analysis of what those properties have sold for versus what the data indicated they should have sold for. So we get a percentage, if you like, between what data had said and what they sold for. So do you mean, when you say data, you mean the AVM? No, our, our appraisal. Our appraisal oh, right, based got it, got on it. comparable yes. sales. Yeah, mm. so we're actually doing for those individual properties, we're doing a, a CMA, comparative market analysis, yep. arriving at what we believe that property should sell for based on previous sales, mm. recording the sale price that it actually gets and having a look at the percentage difference between the appraised price and the actual sale price. Yep. And we start to see over a period of time a pattern. So oh. that percentage, if it's increasing consistently, we're seeing a pattern of a rising market. Now, of course, when you're on the ground, you can see that happening. You can see the prices are pushing up. But mm. what we want to do from an indexation point of view is see what that pattern tells us people are prepared to pay for as a premium on those types, particular types of properties. So over the course of several weeks, a pattern tells us the percentage difference people are paying in the market and whether that is a premium or a discount. So which way is the market moving? Now, um, note that we look at sold prices only, as do you, not asking prices, because anyone who has ever listened to a word that's come out of our mouths, Veronica, knows <laughs> that asking prices are relevant. <laughs> oh, yeah. It does not mean anything. Absolutely. Do not base your offer on the asking price. No. That is it, like, absolutely. Have we got that in our in our property rules? Uh, you know, we should have that. While Let's you chat, it. let me have a look at our principles. Because our property principles. Never use the asking price as the basis for your offer. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> that should be a good principle. We're going to add that. It is a good principle, actually. <laughs> you know, we do a very similar thing, Megan. So, so... In our business, we also track the sold price against how where our research indicated that property should sell from those comparable sales. Yep. And in a rising market, certainly in 2021 in particular, we were tracking that differential as well. So we we was there's a range that we put. So I said, right, let's pick the top end of that range and let's compare that uh, percentage difference between that and, and ultimate sale price, whether we bought them or not. Yeah, or whether yeah. someone else bought it. Yeah, so this isn't this isn't just about properties we're offering on. Yeah, right for both of us, this is actually market intelligence. Yeah, uh, not just our own purchase intelligence. Now, of course, as buyers agents, we're pricing and quite a, a number of properties. So therefore, this is more robust. You, as an individual buyer, you're never going to be pricing that amount of properties for this type of indexing to work for you because you're never going to have access to that sort of data the way we do. But it's something Unless you to love be... spreadsheets and then I tell you what, you're going to love this process. Oh my God. Yes, if you great. are a research-driven person, you would love the process of indexation because it arrives at a reasonably close <laughs> figure once you get to the end of that appraisal to sale percentage analysis. 
Yeah. So what we were, were coming up with in, in the rising market, for instance, at one point, the differential was 11%. So basically, the recent sales indicated this, but in order to be in a position to compete for that property, you need to be thinking potentially adding another 11% to that. Otherwise, you're always going to be priced out. Yeah. And so, and then you could see that shrinking, that number was shrinking as the market was slowing down. So as Megan's saying there, this is fabulous intel for us. And that's very, very granular. And it's obviously a very similar process that we use. And so I could then say to clients, this is the pricing research. This is the actual difference that is being paid out there in the market at the moment. So to be in the hunt, you need to be thinking about this sort of premium yeah. and be able to quantify it. And so clients then go, right, I get that. So much better than throwing a dart at a dartboard. Mm -hmm. So much better than going, oh, I just have to pay it because that's my only option. You know, because the market's crazy or the market's not crazy or whatever whatever belief that you've formed around what the market is doing, um, this actually gives a really great uh, framework and some intel and some really hard intel for people to make good good decisions. So, but it is difficult for you as individual buyers to be pricing that many properties and to track them that you get that confidence. However, it is important that you do track sale prices and you do, even if you make your own assumption as to what something might sell for, and you track that difference yourself. So you can actually do it in a smaller sense, you know, in, in terms of your own pricing research process. Now, the exciting part of that, not only can you make some, draw some conclusions based on data as you're tracking the um, appraisal to sale differential, you can see when it starts to slow down. Yes. And this is the exciting thing is, you know, no one can call the top or the bottom of the market. We can see indicators. We can see lead indicators in terms of buyer behaviour, days on market. You know, there's a number of lead indicators that might give some sort of a clue that there might be a change in the market. But really, it's only in the rear vision mirror that you see when that has happened. But with this process, as the market, as those changes slow down, so once you've hit that 11%, Veronica, if you're starting to see a consistent sort of eight, seven, and that's becoming more regular in terms of premium, that means that maybe that peak has been reached and people are starting to pull back a little bit. So it might just stop, you know, might help to, you to keep an eye on lead indicators. Less people at opens, less offers, long days on markets. Yeah. But you can monitor any drops in sale price versus appraisal and adjust your price analysis accordingly. Now, that's really, really exciting because what you don't want to be doing is waiting for the media to tell you that the market has changed if you're about to put an offer on a property because that information is about three months old that they're working with. Well, so they're working with old median sale price information if they, they don't have the current sale price information. That's true, and they're, but they're also working on predictions, often from bank economists, <laughs> um, which are more than ninety percent wrong. So, yes, so and you can read more about that in the upcoming full or forecaster report that Veronica puts out. Yes, on April Fool's Day. That we do. We release it on April Fool's Day every year. The elephant in the room, um, because. If there are more fools than forecasters, let me tell you. And <laughs> and the more fool you if you follow them and you act on them. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting too. In 2021, as everybody knows, that was a crazy, crazy market across the whole of the country. That That's when everything sold for more than our appraised pricing, mm -hmm. right? Everything. So then it was a matter of trying to contain the bubble of that. If you like, what is the elasticity? How much of a premium is a reasonable premium? Mm. And so that's really important. 2022, 
everything we bought was within our appraised mm-hmm. range. Everything. We didn't have to pay overs on anything. Um, and so that is, uh, you know, you could call that a falling market. I'll, I would say that that's probably a more balanced market. To be quite frank, except in the middle of the year in 2022, Sydney, that's obviously where my buyer's agency business is, um, you know, despite all the heat or the media, it was actually pretty much a balanced market for most of the year. Oh, I, I, I want to actually challenge that because, you? Veronica, you buy quality properties. There are absolutely okay, properties that were falling in value during that time. So I think it's more what you're buying and that market that you're in as opposed to the broader market that contains properties that you wouldn't recommend to clients. So sorry to, sorry to do that, but I actually have to – I think it's important to differentiate that because there that's were actually a very prices good point. falling. <laughs> it's like – actually, that's a really good point. You know how we talk about – often talk about people in their echo chambers – Um, like somebody was telling me the other day that most people really care about the environment now. And I'm like, I think we might still be in our echo chamber. That's, that's a classic example. I mean, the A grade property echo chamber. I totally forgot about (laughs) that. So you were playing in the other, in the other sandpits. Thanks for pulling me up on that. It was balanced for us. (laughs) It was balanced. It was balanced for the property type that you purchase. Yes. Yeah. Good good point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say it's a, a price range thing. We're not talking about the upper end of the market versus the lower end of the market. We're talking about the quality of the properties changing and, and prices being balanced. Yeah, because there's still demand yes. for them. Whereas that's the a demand for the lower quality properties, that's what dropped off. That's a really good point because a lot of people sort of try to take me to task and say, oh, well, of course you're buying A grade because you buy in blue chip areas. Actually, no. It's not area specific. Uh, Every area has its A-grade properties. You don't have to be buying in a blue chip suburb to buy A-grade properties. Absolutely. And in fact, there's plenty of B and C-grade properties in blue chip areas. So there's stuff that we won't touch. Yes, of course, I'm operating, you know, my business is operating in in an expensive part of Sydney, but that doesn't mean that we would buy every expensive property. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's spot on. That's spot on. And and in, in our area, we're, we're working with some people who have budgets around five five fifty for a townhouse. And you can differentiate between a really good quality property in a good location. And that is still receiving multiple offers and, and still have, has, has strong pricing. It's the most competitive price range, that five to, 550 to 750. But then there would be a stack in that price range that we wouldn't touch and those prices are falling. Yes. So it's very pro- property specific. Yeah. So the indexing is very important. So as I said earlier, you know, we start with a macro, so just to get a bit of a relativity around it. And then we use the micro or that granular understanding of what's happening on the ground. That's where local experience is so important. And that is why if you're ever going to use a buyer's agent, use a local specialist, right? (laughs) Because they understand this stuff. For you who are learning how to buy property yourself, you need to become a local specialist for that period of time that you are looking to buy. And then you will avoid underpaying or overpaying. You won't underpay, but you will avoid buying a C-grade property and trying to get a bargain. But you will <laughs> avoid missing out on A-grade properties by always under-offering, right? And, or if the one in a, I don't know, very unusual circumstance, but they do happen every now and then with a really good property is a good opportunity and might be at a good price. Yeah. Ugh, Sometimes ugh. it happens, but you'll be able to recognize it. And move. Mm. So the, the, the thing about it is... Being prepared when the opportunity is there. 
And that's the most important thing about becoming an educated property buyer is making sure that when an opportunity presents itself, you're ready to move, you're armed with all the right information, you can make really good decisions. And, and Veronica, as a, a, a bonus for people who do your first home buyer guide, we have actually in the process of creating a tutorial on indexation. So we can a- actually show you how to do it as a bonus within the course in Module 7, Evaluate. Something to look forward to. (laughs) In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.